Hi there, everyone, and welcome to the Athlete Cafe. Hi, guys. I'm Carly, former collegiate lacrosse player. I'm Abby, former gymnast and collegiate dancer. I'm Francis, former collegiate track athlete. And I'm Emily, former collegiate volleyball player. Let's get into today's topics and see what's on the menu. Large cappuccino. Orders up. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Athlete Cafe. Ooh, welcome good back. Good to be back. <laughs> back. Yeah. So today we have planned something a little different than normal, which mm -hmm. is super exciting. I think this will be fun to switch it up a little bit. Um, usually week to week, we kind of plan out a topic, not really into detail, but we like to have something planned so we know what we're talking about. <laughs> but today we actually have questions that are random questions um, for certain people, but we put on our Instagram and our social media, um, like a question. Yeah, we, yeah, we uh, put out on social media asking all of our listeners to like submit questions, things that you want us to talk about or kind of answer. So, uh, we picked like a couple, um, uh, a couple things that we got through from, uh, TikTok and Instagram and, and yeah, so today we're gonna answer some of some of your questions. Yeah, so we're gonna do this kind of randomly, but I think, Brayden, why don't we start with you? I'll pass you the uh, fishbowl, fishbowl, the, go the goblet, goblet of fire, of fire. <laughs> All right. whatever you want to say, and pick one out, and we'll kind of read like it off. Here. Go from there. Yeah, close my eyes. All right, let's see what we got. And the winner is <laughs> Francis. Oh. Francis. Uh, how do I give my teammates constructive criticism without them getting mad? That's a good question. Of course, I'm the first one to go. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, constructive criticism. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, like the important thing to kind of know is like how you communicate. So there's different um, styles of communication. There's passive communication there's aggressive passive aggressive and then there's assertive and um any any time that you're trying to communicate your thoughts feelings and needs to people um having it in an assertive style is probably the best well received um type of communication just um being honest about like where you're at and just being upfront like not uh no sarcasm I'm very constructive with my passive aggressive yeah very constructive with my feedback I think but yeah but trying to communicate to teammates like how to um what was it like give them constructive criticism without yep. them getting upset um I think a good first place to start is like asking if your teammate is open to that constructive criticism because um i mean i can definitely think of like times where like if a captain was coming up to me and they were like hey like you should you could fix this or you should fix that it's like oh okay like i'm that like that's well received because it's coming from like a certain person but there'd be other people on my team where i'm like like why or, or like the way they would say it would just be like off and mm -hmm. so i think starting there of like hey are you open if i give you some pointers on what to fix or um, things that i'm seeing that you're doing like are you open to my feedback from that um and just kind of starting there but um yeah you want to come across in a way that's not like harsh or like you, i'm right. better than you or i'm or... better than you mm -hmm. yeah like um 
but I, I think it also depends on the person that you're talking to because some people don't take constructive criticism well right. and at that point it's like okay like they're just not gonna receive what you're yeah. saying so know the room know your teammate yeah. right you know some people are gonna be receptive to it others maybe not so much so knowing your teammates mm -hmm. and what they can handle I guess to a certain extent is probably probably for the best and yeah. that fine line between like coaching your teammates versus mm -hmm. just like giving some feedback or mm -hmm. I just saw this one thing here that maybe you could do better or a move that maybe was the better call or whatever that looks mm -hmm. like but not coaching per se right yeah yeah and off of coaching too like it's also the coach right they can create this environment for feedback and making sure things aren't like swept under the rug or mm -hmm. let things sit and fester and get even worse right like they're the ones that can allow that space sometimes for you know a couple people that might be disagreeing to work it out right on their own time but at least mm -hmm. you know you know face-to-face -face communication is probably always the best i would say most mm -hmm. times nine times out of ten there's always that exception but like getting it getting it settled sooner and not letting it kind of affect the rest of the mm -hmm. team and the culture that you know as a coach that you might be trying to build sometimes because i think that's that's overlooked and it's great that you have like captains and teammates to work it out but you also have this authority figure too to kind of settle those types of disputes possibly right right yeah that's a good answer Who's hopefully any other thoughts on that one mm. who like wants to <laughs> I'll go sometimes. I was about to say, yeah, I watch feel like me if you, pick, watch me pick. I feel like if you one, have like, you have the question, you pick out the next one, you okay. know, and then pass yeah, it. Maybe. Yeah, that's pretty good. I already, I already. <laughs> well, yeah, I just, you know what? It's like a text Mageddon. <laughs> We're one. just gonna go back and forth. Just. Um, okay, so for Brayden. Yes. With perfectionism in sports and feeling like you need to play perfect and never make mistakes, how do you get out of that mindset and not get in your head as much? That's a really great question. That's a good um, yeah, I would start just, I guess, simply saying every sport has different constraints and ways you can make errors in it. It's very tough to be perfect in any sport. I know, especially in the sport of baseball, there's literally a column that they collect errors that they put on the jumbotron or just in the statistical book. So, um, yeah, you can't expect yourself to be perfect all the time because. No one bats a thousand every year, but no one ever bats zero. At least I don't think so. <laughs> Everyone's prone to get a hit at some point, so no one's ever we'll as bad as they think, on right? But no one's ever as like as great as they think. You can't always be perfect, so expecting perfection is just unrealistic. You just mm -hmm. got to realize that, you know, there's going to be days you wake up, games you play that it's just not going to go your way. But that's because it's not necessarily because that you're a bad athlete. You're just not perform up to your expectation, that's how the game flow is going to go. Mm -hmm. Some games are just built that you're just really good in that environment. You're really good at, I don't know what you see in a certain pitcher, and you just can see the ball really well. And some games, mm -hmm. it's just not. That's just the way it is. That's just how sports go, and errors occur in sports, and that's why people watch. That's mm -hmm. why there's people win, teams win, teams lose. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, that's exactly how I, like, um, say it to my athletes is the whole basis of sports is like someone wins someone loses so there's always going to be like a mistake made in a game whether it's you or the other team and mm -hmm. so the idea of perfection is just like it, you can never do it because the whole idea on sports is that someone is going to make a mistake so that the other person wins and so it, like um, 
Yeah. I, so I there's a like piece that. of acceptance there. Right. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to accept. accept that. I think like the way I view perfectionism too is um, a lot of my perfectionistic athletes or athletes that have those tendencies, like they think in absolutes. They think mm -hmm. in black and white. Like either if I win, I'm great, I'm perfect or whatever, or if I lose, I'm a failure, I'm this. But there is so much gray area in sports yep. and you have to remind yourself of like, like you said, Brayden, you could have a game that is dang near perfect or you do really well, you have the best game of your life, but the next day or the next game could be the worst or there could be somewhere in the, the middle. Yep. Um, and I know, Michael, you kind of like to talk about like, I don't know, you can kind of chime in on. <laughs> what do I like to talk well, about? Well, I don't want to say, I just like say to it talk. better. Michael, like to... No, no, you know what I'm thinking. You know what I'm thinking. I don't... Like We're one not... to two games are going to be like the my my oh, ten okay. my ten yes, yes, sample thank you. average. You that's know what I knew. Like to I say. kind of I was going to mention that and a couple other things, of course. But <laughs> right, I always like to think of it as you have this ten game sample, and one to two are going to be really amazing, really good. You're going to know why. You might not know why, right? Could you could just be on that day, or you could just be, you know. <laughs> What is that noise in the background? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, you're going to be on. You might know why. You may not know why, right? It's just that day. You could be in the flow state. It could just be, you know, I'm just, I had a really good warm up. I just know that I hit all my routines before this. And then you're going to have the opposite. You're going to have the one to two really bad ones. You may know why. You didn't get a lot of sleep. School's been stressing you out, whatever it may be. And then the other part of that is you just have a bad day, right? Everyone has that off day. Um, it just happened to my favorite tennis player, Novak Djokovic, who just lost his semifinal. Of course, I'm going to tie tennis into it a little bit, but. Um, <laughs> He lost, and that's the other cool thing, and it varies by sports, right? Braden with baseball, like 300 is considered really good. That's like you're hitting three out of every 10 at yep. bats, right? Compared right? yep. to something like gymnastics where you have to hit this perfect score, right? You're trying to get that perfect 10. A sport like tennis, right? I can play the perfect point, and then it's 15 love, and then I could double fall and lose the next point, right, and make that mistake. So this perfectionism thing is so hard to achieve in sport right we strive to be perfect but we shouldn't be concerned with being perfect is right. how i always yeah. like to kind of uh, yeah, phrase you, it yeah you chase perfectionism but you know that you're never gonna be perfect because mm -hmm. it's about the chase to get there it's about the journey it's about all the hard work that you're putting in and um but it's not about being that perfect perfect athlete yeah that's good perfect practice makes perfect I think it's one of the sayings. Yeah, it's a saying. It's a saying. It's I a swear. Saying. Quote it. Quote it. Perfect. All right. To the ball. So back to you, because you just. I'll tell you. I, if it's one, you, if it's oh me, my God. Well, this is going to be crazy. Are you sure you want that one? I don't know. Michael. Oh. All right. Here we go. How do you preserve. Preserve. Uh, oh. Oh, preserve. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Typo. Yeah. It's a little, typo. A little typo. Uh, when the competition is seated higher than you, how do you persevere when the competition is seated higher than you? Yes. Yeah. Really good question. I think a I lot think of this. about all the questions so far. <laughs> well, it's what you're supposed to do. It's hot. You know, when you watch political debates, they're like, that's an excellent question. Thank you for asking that. It's just a little redundant, I would say. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Well, of course, that's when I say, of course. <laughs> uh, but anyway, right. How do you persevere when the competition is seated higher than you? Or you might just feel or it's like a perceived threat. You think that they're better, they're faster, they're stronger, whatever it is. You think that going in, you're kind of maybe going to lose. And I think the, the first thing that you have to realize is you're also really good. You might also be seated really high, right? You could be that number. And I hate to keep bringing it up because it is fresh because I just watched it. <laughs> but 
Fresh. Right, you're going up against right this tennis match has happened number four in the world, number one in the world, number four in the world one against number one, right? Yeah. Both are still really good, right? You're still top four tennis players in the world, right? You're not expected to beat this person, right? So the first thing that you really need is this belief and this train to really stop of whatever this is in the background. I think but it's trash. Oh, like interesting. Yeah. But um you need this belief, right? I think that's where it, everything starts with, with sports. If you don't believe in your ability, your skills to get something done and beat that person that you are perceiving is better than you, then you're, then you're never going to be able to beat them. Because instantly in your head, even though you could be physically in the best shape, no injuries, whatever it is, if you just already shut yourself out, you're going to go in there thinking, I already am going to lose, right? We're playing the number one seed. We're playing this undefeated team. Um, you just have to have that belief, I think, is where it starts with. How do you persevere when you're kind of maybe actually out there playing is I, I always went with the mindset whenever I would go up against, you know, the better person or better team or whoever I was competing against that I'm going to make them work as hard as possible. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to give it my absolute best effort. That's all you can do. And that's all you can ever ask of yourself whenever you're out there. So that's kind of that's kind of the ways I would always think about how you persevere through it. You've been there. You've put in all the work. Mm -hmm. You you know that you can do this. And I mean, in terms of mental skills you can use, I think we talked about it. But um, a couple things, a couple acronyms that I've seen out there recently that I kind of like and I'm going to start using now is like win. And obviously, right, that's what we're super focused on. But mm -hmm. when you break it down, it's like what's important now, right? Win. What's oh, important like now that. in this yeah. moment that I need to do and achieve? And beforehand and during, too, sometimes it's this MVP thing that I just saw recently that's really cool and I like it. Um, it's like meditate, use mindfulness, kind of relax yourself, visualize, and then positive self-talk, right? To just really get yourself in that moment more. So those are two little acronyms now. And very typically when you win, you want to be that MVP. You might be the MVP. So I think it just kind of flows nicely with that. But that's nice. what I would kind of say for how yeah. you persevere when that person is seated higher or the team seated higher whatever it may be I think yeah I think another thing to kind of like add off of that too is um every time you go into a competition just going in with the idea of like it's a new day for, like for like for both of you guys like it doesn't matter what they did in the past it doesn't matter what you did in the past it matters how you show up today mm -hmm. um and that was something that helped me like with my races of like uh like it's so easy to look at the heat sheet and see like their times or like where they're seated at mm -hmm. um or like just go back and see like what <clears throat> times they have run um but it doesn't mean that they will do that performance that day right. um and so like just going into it as like you know for races it's like clock starts at zero for everybody like it's who you show up as that day i think it's interesting because arguably like i never personally like felt that if i was going against a team that's better than me or like playing against someone that was better than me like i always like thought of it as they have everything to lose and i have nothing to lose right mm -hmm. like yeah. i this is just a challenge for me to honestly shut them down make them a second you know place team or just you know shut this girl down from doing what she knows how to do which is scoring or whatever that is so um i think it's also like and michael you definitely were saying this but just like how you perceive that challenge or threat is so important right like if you look at it as oh i'm worse i'm a worse athlete like or you look at it as i am very good and i believe that i can beat this person i just have to go out there and do it um and then I will be 
you know, place higher or mm -hmm. I will have a higher seed than this person. Um, but viewing it more as a challenge than a threat, I think, is like right. something I always that always helped me personally. Yeah. yeah. Like Fred said, like any given Sunday, a two seed could lose to a three seed. <laughs> it could be over that quick. I wonder what you're referencing there. I, <laughs> I'm just stating numbers. And stuff. Like I was, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Of course. All right, Michael. Of course. Yep. My turn. Yeah. I kind of want to pick one of the yellow ones. Do it. I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> the winning lottery numbers are no. How do you specifically quiet that doubtful voice in games, Carly? Um. Okay, doubt, I actually love this topic because I think it's so important. Everyone has doubt. I mean, who mm -hmm. here has never doubted themselves? Like, no one, yeah, right? right? That just is like our, <laughs> um, our brains, like, are programmed to go to the negative side of things. And if you are um, – you know, someone that maybe struggles more with anxiety than others, like you're going to doubt things. You're going to worry about the future. That is just a, a part of your brain and how it works. So I think like when I learned about doubt, I think the biggest takeaway I had was just noticing the doubt and doing something about it is the best part because mm -hmm. we all have it. And I think often when I was an athlete, if I doubted myself, I would just be like, oh, I'm doubting myself. And like, I didn't do anything about it. I just would continue doubting myself, right? right. So like, I think, you know, a simple strategy that you can do is one, just identify when you are doubting yourself, like, oh, I don't think I can do this. or I can't finish this race or um, I can't beat my, you know, percentage or numbers from last time mm -hmm. like when you doubt yourself identify it notice it but then counter it with like well what if I do beat it what if I mm -hmm. you know kind of like those positive what ifs versus negative what ifs I think are really important when it comes to doubting just countering it with something on the alternative or the flip side mm -hmm. rather than just letting the doubt sit there yeah it's kind of how I would say yeah and I mean we can't predict the future of mm -hmm. what's going to happen so this it's the same likely chance of those negative what ifs happening or those positive what ifs ha happening, like same chance that it could go either way. Um, and as long as you are putting in everything that you need to do in the present moment, you're setting yourself best up for those positive what ifs. So yeah, definitely challenging all of that doubt with, okay, well, what if I am my best today? Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. So. I think that's good. Mm -hmm. You guys have any thoughts? I did something recently that I don't really do, but with the weather recently here, it's I read a book. So um, I did some wow. some light reading. Yeah, I'm going to call it reading, but light reading. Mm -hmm. um, this book called, the, shockingly, and I don't want to see the faces, The Inner Game of Tennis. And what it really does is um, it was cool. It applies to a lot of other sports, so I highly recommend it. It's a good read. <laughs> But it talks about you have these two different voices. You have this voice one, this voice two. One's the critic, one's not the critic, basically. Think of it almost as like the angel and the devil kind of on your shoulders back and forth. And one's going to have a more powerful voice. And it's typically the one that's negative because we're, we're hardwired negative as kind of human beings. We remember those bad things that happened to us as much as we remember the good things. But like think when you're a kid and you touch that hot stove and you're going to never forget that. You'll remember why, right? Because it was a perceived right. threat. But... The first thing, like Carly kind of said, was just like you have to be able to identify it. You have to be able to identify the doubt and the negativity, and then you have to kind of reframe it possibly to be positive. And that's the part that's super hard, right? We can identify it. It's hard to then reframe it and go through the positive what ifs or kind of to, you know, change it to be positive, addressing what that negativity is about. If it's mm -hmm. about, you know, these fears or doubts, you kind of have to normalize that. If it's nerves, right, it's okay to be nervous. 
um, I can go out there and compete and try my best, whatever it may be. But kind of that, the voices that you have and, you know, one's going to be a critic, one's going to be a little better for you, right? Like that was a really good shot I just hit right there. Like I, proper form, proper technique, everything. So mm -hmm. you have these two different voices and whichever one you let win that day is probably going to dictate the outcome for you. Yeah. And for our younger clients, we say, like, the believer brain and the bully brain. Like, right. the, the yeah. brain or the, the voice in your head that talks, you know, negatively or bullies you internally versus the one that's optimistic, helpful, positive, um, or neutral, right? right? So, yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, he actually answered it really well, reframing the self-doubt. <laughs> that's kind of where I was yeah. going to go, so. Perfect. Yep. All right. You can pick. All right, I am gonna do a yellow. A yellow, okay. If I can. So these, the yellows Double. are for anyone. Let's. I, I feel like. Double bonus. Um, are you just gonna pick? You know. No, I think like whoever wants to answer it, I think that would be good. Um, oh my god, <laughs> like this <Jeopardy>. is funny. <laughs> Who would win the sharpened skills training versus black valve wiffle ball game? <laughs> so just to fill you guys in, black valve is the company who does our podcasting and. Um, videography and and just all of that all yeah. of that stuff so like how they make this possible is because of black valve they're a great company so shout out black valve they have a great staff too we love mm -hmm. them they're so funny and awesome um the dog belongs to black valve also. yes the dog that's usually here is uh the owner of black valves um but uh he the owner evan brought up today a wiffle ball game between his staff and our staff so who wants to answer this one who's gonna win I think uh, we need our MVP over in the corner over there, Mr. Uh, Baseball himself. As long as you have me uh, <laughs> leading lead, lead the team here, we're definitely going to win. I, I think I could put a pretty good lineup together. That I feel I can mix everyone's skills, yeah. put them in a right position to make some plays. And uh, I think I don't see why we couldn't win. I, I feel like my secret hidden talents in basketball, hidden you know. talents could come out. I, maybe I have some in wiffle ball, too, so. Possibly, be, possibly. So That's so funny. I'd be, I'd be shocked if it was like that. That'd be crazy. It, I mean, really? to be honest, I think we Did you see my them. threes? I, I, am, I did, because I had to defend by myself against the board. Who here gets really competitive? Yeah, I, I we're going to win. I, I am ready. <laughs> I'm just yeah, kidding. I, I we'll, can see we'll them. Play. They always can, are playing games out there, no, though. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if the dog just has the ball and is running around the bases? <laughs> we're not going to catch him. <laughs> no, I'll let him go. <laughs> All right, serious next question. That was a good okay, one, though, yeah. Evan. All right, Francis, this is for you. How do gotcha. you bounce back fast from a bad race so you don't throw away your other races and or let your teammates down? Mm. <sighs> yeah, kind of a loaded question. Yeah. Um, it's a really good question. She answered it differently. <laughs> no. Um, so I I think when it comes to, uh, well, obviously, like with track, you, a lot of people do multiple events that day. Um, so having to go from one race to the next um, is something that uh, track athletes, like, we all, we all understand, like, it, it can be hard sometimes. And um, if your first race is great, like, it just leaves you on a high for the rest of the day if the first race is tough yeah it's hard to hard to come back from that um but i always kind of go back to making sure that you have your pre-race and post-race routines um so pre-race routines things like um 
obviously your warm up physically, like just getting into into what you need to do that day, but like mentally um, going through your race plan, mentally like giving yourself that self talk before, during, after, um, and having whatever your pre race routine kind of looks like. Um, having that consistency always kind of sets you up. So every race is a new race, a clean slate, like you have that pre-race routine, but then post-race routine, um, on a day where you have a lot of events and you don't have a lot of time in between, doing whatever you can post-race to just like let yourself know that it's done, time's there, I can't change it. I have to focus on this next one. Like, um, just anything you do, you can do to like, kind of let that reality kind of like just sit in and not give energy into what you just did. Like it's, it's always about moving that energy forward and it's like, okay, like I can't change it. Whatever like race it was like a bad time. If I lost points for the team, like whatever it is, it's done. It, like it it's happened I can't change it but I can change it going into the next race um and so like always keeping that energy moving forward and if it's a day where you have more of that time more time between your races um having some kind of process where you can um look at your race like constructively and be able to be like okay so I definitely didn't get out of the blocks as fast as I should or as fast as I could um, so in my next race, that's what I'm going to focus on. And so taking things that like maybe didn't go as well for you in that first race and using it as a learning experience for the next race, mm -hmm. but having those pre-race post-race routines and, um, self-talk is huge in those. Like, uh, I feel like that kind of helps the best, like kind of changing your mindset race to race. It's good system. Yeah. It's also yeah. like to this is not to be about races, right? Like if it's like tournaments, so you have like multiple yeah. games in a day too, whatever it is, um, to build off the routine thing. What I usually like to go over with everyone is right, you have these routines, right? What are they? What are you typically doing? And then I like to do like a shrunken and a stretched out kind of version of those. So the reason I came up with this in the first place was one, I once again read a book, but <laughs> I did this when I was, I did two, two books. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, when I was competing in high school, I got to do two sports in the same season. So I did mm -hmm. running and tennis. And there's one time where I had a match and a meet the same day. Thankfully in Rhode Island, it's easy to drive across the state because it's only 30, 30 minutes. minutes. So <laughs> I got to drive, I got to do this, but the tennis match, I had like two hours to prepare, right? We're hitting, we're stretching, we're warming up. And then I play this match and then I have to drive across the state of Rhode Island. And then I have to compete in this race that I had five minutes to prepare for. So I think one, knowing your routines is awesome and great. And you should definitely know and kind of write it out, but then think, you know, for a shrunken kind of pregame routine plan, right? What are the top three things that I need in order to make sure that I am mentally, physically ready to ready. compete right now, right? And breaking yeah. that down mentally and physically, right? Do I need to visualize for a minute? Do I just need to take a few deep breaths? Or like, I just need to make sure I stretch or do a few striders or get a few extra hits, um, a few extra hits in with my server racket. Um, and then that stretched out version, right? So you have the maybe list of like 10 to 15 things and maybe you expand that to 20 or you just add more time on to each of these things. Like visualize for 10 minutes, I can, you know, 
go for a, a 20 minute jog just to get my body, you know, physically kind of there too. So mm-hmm. I think breaking that down and, and adding those components can be really helpful because there's going to be times where if you're rushed, if you have five minutes and you, all I needed to do is talk to my coach and be like, what do you need me to do today? Do a couple strides and mm-hmm. stretch a couple things and then just run. Um, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what you need in order to feel ready in that moment instead of feeling rushed and unprepared. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, that's good. Awesome. <clears throat> I know it's not me, so. <laughs> um, Michael, all right. Um, do, you, do you have tips on how to deal with low self-esteem in sports and low confidence in yourself as a player? Ooh, a two-parter a two here. So yeah. um, low self-esteem and low confidence, so I guess – one, they're, they are different, even though they sound similar, they kind of play into each other. Um, yeah, I gotta think through this for a second here. Um, with low low confidence, right? Confidence, as I kind of said earlier at the start of this, it's the kind of belief in your skill and ability, right? And when you have low confidence, right, maybe it's one of those 10 game sample, 10 game sample things where it's one of the lower days, but right? There's still times where you still have to go out there and compete and put your best foot forward and figure out sometimes, right? how do I win maybe without my A game? How can I win with my B or C game? How can I win when, you know, my back's against the wall? And I think where you can kind of find that low confidence is kind of relating it to being resilient or mentally tough. And there's this really cool thing where, um, you know, the way you can kind of focus on this, it's from this other book. I'm citing a lot of books <laughs> today. That's reader. a third book. <laughs> I'm an avid reader, guys. Um, ten shocked. minute toughness, right? Wait, so relaxing, oh, yeah. taking a deep breath, right? Um, getting that positive self-talk. It's it's huge, right? You need that to hype yourself up and amp yourself up. Then going back to this like personal highlight reel, right? Creating this kind of big three moments where you've competed at your best and it's competed it's not one because that's not always those things aren't always mutually exclusive they're not the same thing you could play really well and lose still so right but knowing those moments you can rely on those past experiences like i've been here before like i just i have no confidence in my shot no confidence in kind of maybe my body or mind today but um what are maybe i had this in the past and i still came out on top or still came out ahead what can i do to kind of use what did I do in those moments and kind of rely on those. Um, knowing your motivations, knowing your why is huge for sports. If you're competing for the wrong reasons, it could be really draining. It could be um, emotionally draining. It could be physically draining, whatever it is. And then kind of going back and taking that deep breath again and kind of realize, right, that that win acronym, what's important now, right? Stay and trying to stay in that moment the best you can because that's a lot of times where low confidence comes from. It's all these hypotheticals that start flooding into your head. Um, with the low self-esteem part, um, like I said, similar-ish there, but if you're having low self-esteem, I think it's more so just trying to visualize, you know, these, these successes, trying to rely on your support systems, I think is huge and not often talked about in sports. You have this whole team of people behind you. If you're a pro athlete, you have a whole big support staff. And even if you're a high school or college athlete, right, there's all these other people. You have physical trainers, you have coaches, assistant coaches, your family, parents, teammates, um, even sometimes the the other opponents, right? You could be friends with them too, and they can kind of you know give you some confidence off of that. So, um, I think for that, it's it's re- recognizing and realizing what those supports Sports are in order yeah. to kind of boost that self esteem up a little bit. Like your parents, like you've been there before, you got this. Like you had a tough day, but I know you're gonna go out there and do your best, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I would say like just a distinction too between confidence and self esteem is like 
self-esteem is more like how you're viewing yourself and that really should be separate from your sport right mm -hmm. so like if you don't play well and you don't have a great game or a race like don't don't have a knock on your self-esteem or try not to mm -hmm. because you are separate from that you are more than just how you performed in that game right like now low confidence i get from a sport perspective because that is definitely um fluctuates based on your performance usually and mm -hmm. then you're supposed to you know we encourage our athletes to find skills that help them build that confidence up no matter how they perform, right? Like just trying to keep that stable level of confidence. But I think like when I think of low self-esteem, like really set those boundaries with your sport. Set the boundary of when I leave, whatever I do today, no matter if it was good or bad, when I leave, like I am Carly. I am in, you know, rely on those other roles, those other support systems, like you said, Michael, um, but separate your performance from how you view yourself because right. they, that could be detrimental also yeah. to your mental health and just the way you view yourself. So mm -hmm. it's good. Yeah. Cool. My turn. <clears throat> Knew exactly which one I wanted. Oh, Did you see my name? Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> I knew exactly which one I wanted because – it, it pairs nicely off of what you just said. So what does mental health mean for an athlete, Carly? <laughs> oh, it just pairs nicely. It's you know? like, nah. It does pair nicely. It does. It's I'll give a you good that compliment. Mm -hmm. Okay. What does mental health mean for an athlete? I mean, I think that is also very loaded and broad. <laughs> right. It means a lot of things. But I think um, what I always like to go back to is – as athletes, we are very concerned about our physical health. If we, if our physical health isn't there, you know, thinking about our last podcast we had um, last Friday about injury, just, you know, mm. we can't play our sport. And then, you know, our mental health can deteriorate from that because we are sad and we don't feel worthless and all of those things. There's so many connecting dots. But I think making sure that you realize that, like, yes, you cannot see, you know, you break your leg. People can see that. People can see that physical um, injury, but mental health, if you are struggling with your mental health, like that is a, just something people can't see. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's a mental injury person. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so I think it's just important to, um, prioritize your mental health just as much as your physical health, because mm -hmm. if your physical health is there, you can play, you are strong, you are very successful and you are struggling inside with depression, anxiety, um, self-worth, literally anything that has to do with your mental health, you are not going to be able to be your best self physically, right? So they connect. Um, and I think making sure that, um, like I said, that is your number one priority is your mental health and then physical health can come after that. Um, you are going to be successful. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, and I think kind of like off of that too is um, just defining uh, the difference between mental health and mental performance. Mm -hmm. So like us as mental performance coaches, like we work on how your mind affects the way you perform. Right. Um, but mental health is just how your mind affects like your in entire well-being. Like it's not, it doesn't have to be specifically related to sports. Like it can be just in general. Um, so I think that's a important kind of It is. And I think, you know, on our website, I think there's a really good graphic to, you know, if you feel like you're struggling um, in some aspect mentally with your sport, it, this graphic can really help you determine um, what best care provider is best for you, right? So um, if your day-to-day -day life is affected from your mental health, like you are so anxious, you can't function, or you are sad, you can't even get yourself out of bed, um, that is definitely going to be more on the mental health side yeah, and overall, finding probably. a um, provider that is 
a mental health professional, mm -hmm. um, a sports psychologist, a psychiatrist. And then if you feel like your mental um, struggles are more like, I just don't have a lot of confidence. You know, I feel like I can't handle my emotions in sports. I feel I like mental it's, block. I have mental blocks. Mm -hmm. That's definitely going to be the mental performance coaches yeah. mm -hmm. um, or MP. C MPC. MPC. Yeah. <laughs> no. CMPC. CMPC. Thank you. <laughs> CMPCs. Um, so I think that is just a really good distinction. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because it is confusing. I mean, we still are learn. I think learn every single day. Yeah. Um, and some people might be both, right? It's blurred right. lines. It can mm -hmm. be gray. Um, so I, you know, I think just understanding the difference between the two, and then you can figure out what would be best for you. Right. And maybe whatever provider you find might have different thoughts and can direct you to the best. Um, care right yeah yeah don't be afraid to go to your school counselor too absolutely for a reason They're absolutely for sure utilize right. your sources okay wonder who, wonder who is this is <laughs> it's definitely not me okay Brayden oh. it is you oh, oh no okay another like two-parter question so all right We're good. get ready Ready. How much can a coach's decisions or behavior affect a player's mental health Part two is, and what are some ways to push that, push past that barrier? Okay. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. So start with the first one. So coaches obviously have a big influence and effect on their athletes and their teams. And I feel like in some situations, you know, coaches do have to make tough decisions. And that could be benching a player. That could be taking a player out of the starting lineup, right? And that could severely, so what I tend to know, so a couple of my athletes that this has happened to, um, drives a very negative connotation to how they look at their career. Well, mm -hmm. I'm not a starter anymore. I guess I'm not. I'm not good anymore, right? right? Like I'm never going to get back to that. And the the way I guess I look at for an athlete for the second part of question, how do you like push past that barrier, right? Um, I was like, well, you could take like two paths. You could say, I'm going to like throw myself a pity party and be like, maybe I'm just not that good. I'm never going to be a starter. Or you can find out what maybe you're doing wrong and what you then you could correct. Maybe have some communication with the coach and find out a way that you can maybe regain your starting spot or, mm -hmm. or get back on the field and play more consistently. So I think like throughout, like there are a lot of barriers in many different teams, many different sports. Every sport has a different type, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at, I guess, my specialties, baseball and football, being out of the starting lineup, putting in the starting lineup is just a natural thing. If a player's not performing, that sometimes is what happens. But mm -hmm. not letting that truly affect how you think your athletic career, how you think your career is going to go from there. And, again, not throwing yourself that pity party, forming that barrier, be like, you know what, I need it. There are things i got to work on. Maybe that's, again, a communication with the coach. Maybe it's a physical or mental skill that they need to work on a little more mm -hmm. to be a better player. But not always feeling bad for yourself, but trying to build yourself back up if something doesn't always go your way. So. I really like that. Yeah. Nice. That's good. Thanks. Feel good about that one? Yeah. All right. So good. Brady, you want to read the last one for us? All right. Okay. This is a good Maybe. ending one, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I think I got it. All right. No, no preserves in this one. Not... <laughs> Not, not every okay not everyone in high school will move on to college sports but what are some of the what are some of the ways kids can benefit from sports that <clears throat> don't go on and move on to playing college right they yeah. play high school and 
then the, and, yeah. and they're good like with that. Yeah. yeah, that's right. A, that's a really good question. Yeah, yeah. like the benefits of mm-hmm. being an athlete, no matter what. Right. Um, level, what level, like skills too that you get out of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how about do we all want to just think of wine that, and then we can talk about it? Yeah. Okay, mine. I can go with mine because yeah. I will say this till the day I die. Yeah. I would say time management. Like mm-hmm. oh, college, I think yes, really solidified it and and definitely pressed it for me. Um, but in high school, I mean. It doesn't matter what level of play. You are going to have practices after school. You are going to have homework to do. You are going to have to live your life. And, like, being able to manage and and time manage how to get everything you need to do done, um, definitely learning that in high school and having that set yourself up if you do want to go to the next level for college is great. But I feel like the foundation for my time management skills was Mm -hmm. um, definitely in in high school for me. I think, like – as much as possible, if coaches are um, pressing that, like you need to be on time, you need to be here, right? Like that's that's so important. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if your team is, you know, the best team in the state or you are the worst. Like I just think that is a fundamental skill that will stay with athletes and children and teens and youth um, for a very very long time and will help them later in life. Yeah. I have two really good ones. So I, I know, I know. So I'll, I'll go with one. And if my second one is not said, I'll serve it back. <laughs> um, so the first one that I thought of is um, just the the dedication that you you build in sports mm-hmm. and like the hard work that you put in and like seeing your progress, like seeing the amount of effort that you put into it and passion that you have behind it. Like it just kind of shows you that whenever you do hang up the jersey, whenever you're done with your sport, when you find that next thing that you're passionate about, you know that you're gonna be able to like be dedicated, put the hard work in, put all the effort in and achieve the success that you wanna see. And I think like sports does a really good job of like um, kind of like teaching you how to do that and teaching you like that independency of like it's on you to put in the hard work to be able to see the success that you wanna see. Mm -hmm. Love it. I think with with this question, I always think in the way that I remember kind of being taught it is like we all retire at some point and it mm. starts at different levels. So if you look at this like a pyramid at the bottom, you have like youth sports and there's a lot of kids Everybody. that compete and do in youth yeah. sports. And then there's that next level in high school, that next level in college, that next level in pro. But you eventually go out of your sport at some point. So. I think if you find that lifelong love for your sport, you're going to continue to do it, which is great because you're going to be physically active still and exercise and all that, which is important. But I think the biggest thing that I learned, you know, from each level is just like you learn so much more about yourself, whether you become a better communicator, come out of your shell or the relationships and friendships you make, the leadership skills that you kind of can get out of this. You just have this ability to kind of continually change. And I think that's like the biggest thing that I got out of kind of my athletic career experience after I retired now that the coaching side is the way I like to phrase it I retired but um like just how you how you can constantly be able to change and push yourself to things that you probably didn't expect before yeah Yeah. that's Mm -hmm. the word (laughs) I also think too like if your career like you know ends in high school that doesn't mean you be the actual end of like you enjoying the sport like I didn't go and play major league baseball but I love to watch major league baseball Mm -hmm. like it like I love to watch baseball all the time but and football too but I didn't go and play pro but that's Mm -hmm. okay like your sports could end at some point whether you go all the way or you don't but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you can't still enjoy it Mm -hmm. so 
social or competitive piece joining a rec right. league or something and intramurals whatever it may be but mm-hmm. you know sticking with it staying with something doing something you know mm-hmm. using your time well to carly's point of time management mm-hmm. is like huge and crucial and yeah. awesome yeah completed the fishbowl yeah yeah you did it so obviously all the questions are done, but as mm-hmm. always, you guys, we are so open to questions, no matter mm-hmm. if we're doing a podcast <laughs> and answering them, like we will respond to you on any of our social media. Mm-hmm. Feel free to DM us um, and we will get back to you as soon as we possibly can. Yeah. And maybe yeah. down the line, if we get enough questions, we can do this again yeah. um, with our other coaches too. So, um, so awesome. yeah. yeah, you guys have anything else? Stay tuned because when the next time we're recording, Brayden and I are going to debut mental breakdown of the Super Bowl. I don't know See, if that was approved M is yet. For Michael, B is for Brayden. Just if you um, I'm having a positive self talk and putting it out there. Hopefully, it will be putting approved. it out into the Oh yeah, that's what yeah. But mental breakdown. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to have a lot of new, um, cool and exciting episodes coming up in 2024. So yes. definitely stay tuned. And as Carly said, if you guys ever have questions or if you want to share your sport experience, if you Mm -hmm. ever have ideas for things that you want to hear us talk about, please feel free to reach out to us on social media. So, All right. See you guys next time. If you like what you're listening to, be sure to follow The Athlete Cafe on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. You can find us wherever you enjoy listening to your podcasts.